Hello everyone. There was a time when I thought that people who went running were just weird. I'm really sorry if that's you. I thought, why would you go running if there's not a ball or a game involved? And then one day, for some reason, I decided to go for a run. I found that something that I thought would be bad and painful was actually good for me. Today, I want to talk to you about a part of the Christian life that many think is painful and bad, but actually is good for us. In fact, it's vital for us. And that is repentance. The passage for today comes from Matthew chapter 3, and it tells the story of John the Baptist and his ministry before Jesus was baptised. Let's read. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the Jordan River. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptising, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptise you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will, be, he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. There is a standard message that emerges from this passage. It goes something like this. John the Baptist was the last in the line of the prophets. Jesus said so himself in Matthew chapter 11. And he spoke of baptism with water for repentance. But he pointed to the one who would come and baptise with the Holy Spirit and fire. And that one is Jesus who himself was baptised with the Holy Spirit, who died on a cross to save us from our sins, who rose from the dead and who sends the Holy Spirit to those who would believe in him, that they may then be able to live a life of repentance. It's a life of repentance that's different to the life of repentance that we see people trying to do in the Old Testament. That repentance was in their own strength with the Lord around them. Now this is a new life that we can live as the Holy Spirit enables us to fulfill the commands of Jesus from within us. If they're brave, they might add to that, that there are only two responses to this invitation to repentance. One is to confess sins and the other is not to confess sins. And the fire comes on those who confess their sins 
and the fire comes on those who don't confess their sins. But one comes in salvation and the other comes in judgment. There's that standard message, but there's also a specific message that comes to us as we head into what is being referred to as lockdown two. And at this point, I want to remind us of some words that Wayne spoke to us as we were in lockdown one. These words were spoken on May the 17th. So in these days, we should also expect that God is speaking to his people, to the church. What is our sense of what God is saying to us? We believe it is this, repent. COVID-19 challenges the very structures and beliefs that have underpinned our culture. The myth that we are in control, that we can have it all, that death and suffering are for someone and somewhere else. The myth that we can build our own security and happiness. On the last Sunday, when we gathered together at B&A St Andrews Park, Charles Old spoke powerfully into this, stating that these foundations of trust are being shaken. Foundations of trust that we too have built upon, even those of us who love and follow Jesus. What happens when our foundations fail? We are invited to turn to God, to repent. The other day I heard a character in a TV drama say, the world is on fire. In 2020, early in January, we heard of the fires in Australia and those fires, physical and metaphorical, have been spreading across the world ever since. As Christians, we believe that God is sovereign. He reigns over everything. But we know that there is evil and suffering in the world. To help us to understand that, Eugene Peterson, the person who wrote the message version of the Bible, he didn't write it, but he did the editing of it, the translation. He says this, we cannot afford to be naive about evil. It must be faced, but we cannot be intimidated by it either. It will be used by God to bring good. For it is one of the most extraordinary aspects of the good news that God uses bad people to accomplish his good purposes. He uses bad people to accomplish his good purposes and he uses bad circumstances to accomplish his good purposes. We believe that God is at work in COVID-19. We believe that he's at work in COVID-19 and we believe that he's using the legislation and the guidance to help shape us and to lead us as a church in repentance. In lockdown one, the fire of the Holy Spirit was at work in the world, highlighting injustices. Three in particular that come to mind, I remember with three R's, the um, racism, the refugees and Marcus Rashford was used um, to highlight the plight of child poverty. We had to come to terms with or begin to come to terms with racial injustice and its systemic um, 
way of meeting out injustice through history and today. And we haven't yet come to terms with that truly. We had to come to terms with the fact that there are refugees dying in our seas. And Marcus Marcus Rashford highlighted the plight of children who would otherwise have been fed by free school meals being denied that. We as a church and as a denomination and as churches have had to look inside ourselves and think about how we can respond to that. As a church here at BNA, we've begun to think about how we might meet needs and our little churches are restructuring themselves around people's spiritual and physical needs as we engage with God's mission in this world to bring an end to injustice. But God isn't just concerned with injustice. He comes again and again to address immorality and idolatry alongside injustice. And we can hear the very first noises of him addressing idolatry in this nation. We, as we head into lockdown two, have not been called to prayer by a government who thinks that it can solve all of the problems. We've also um, seen that the church has been relegated to the leisure sector in the legislation which is a painful realisation for us and must tell us something about how we as a church have not prioritised God and whether we have consented with that idolatry ourselves. The purifying fire of the Holy Spirit is coming to the church. Jesus baptised with the Holy Spirit and fire and he continues to baptise with the Holy Spirit and fire. In September, I spoke about the um, opportunity that we have to live with God and introduced some practices to us um, of a daily prayer and a weekly fast. And the Archbishops of Canterbury and York and the Bishop of London have invited us to join in with a weekly fast. And so we're going to change from doing that on Mondays to doing it on Thursdays with the rest of the church in this nation. And we'd encourage you to do that. Can you fast on Thursdays um, until we say the fast is over? And can you do that by fasting food, breakfast and lunch and breaking the fast in the evening? And can you, um, if you can't do that, can you fast something else that's important to you? Sugar, caffeine or social media. But we'd recommend if you can, can you fast food and join with us in repentance and prayer. When we fast, we begin to see our luxuries, our habits and our attitudes in their true light and God in his. After a time of fasting recently, um, I, I think I heard God use these words um, to me. Uh, the idea is not to compete against the same team, the church, but the opposition, the world and the devil. And so I face a choice as to whether that's a habit and an attitude that I want to let go of. Or is it something I want to hold on to? As we fast, the fire of God draws near and we are asked, are we going to hold on to these things and get burnt or are we going to let go 
And as we do that together, we are part of something collectively that puts God back in the place where he should be in our lives. Ironically, as we let go of the thing burning on the outside, the fire of God's spirit comes to work on us on the inside. He baptised with the Holy Spirit and fire and he continues to do the same. Let's pray.